This is Back to Devi, a show brought to you by Campus Duquesne. This podcast specializes in collegiate football players and their potential for future fantasy success in the NFL. I'm your host, Mike V, and this is my co-host, Corey P. Today, we're doing impact freshmen, immediate impact freshmen for the upcoming season, which starts in like less than seven days. Corey, can I get a victory screech? Woo! Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Corey. I love the energy. Uh, hopefully, you can carry that over to the news. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, heading over to the news here first. First, just want to tell you guys uh, right off the bat here. Make sure you guys are checking out the C two a days that uh, Nicholas Ian Allen is doing on YouTube um, on on the Campus Account YouTube channel for a more in depth look at at how practice has been going, kind of leading up to the season here. I'm just going to hit on a few brief headlines here. Um, starting with some quarterback competitions where guys have been named starters. Uh, we've got Carson Beck. He's been named the starter at Georgia. Um, we've got Peyton Thorne. He's been named the quarterback starter at Auburn. Um, we've got Haynes King. He's getting another shot at Georgia Tech. Some people thought that was going to be Zach Pyron there. That one was kind of a surprise. Luke Altmeyer, not really a surprise. He's going to be the starting quarterback at Illinois. Uh, Donovan Smith, he locked down the starting job at Houston, which wasn't really a surprise. But the biggest surprise was probably uh, true freshman quarterback, Jaden Rashada, who had kind of gotten a little bit more buzz um, as the as the fall went on here uh, after Drew Pine had his ha- hamstring injury. And now he's looking like he's going to be called the starter at Arizona state. We'll get into him a little bit more and perfect timing for it, for our impact freshman show um, heading over to the Alabama battle right now, where it's still looking like it's Jalen Miller role, but uh, true freshman Dylan Lonergan has been getting some hype and um, had a pretty good scrimmage the other day. It just kind of goes to show how uninspiring the rest have been. But now we're talking about like true freshmen, like no one is really solidifying this job, which makes me think that we're just going to go into the season with Milrow. And then it's just whatever happens from there. But I think he's definitely taking the snap uh, week one, but heading over to the Ohio state quarterback battle where it's not as locked down as it might've seemed uh, some reports coming out now that Devin Brown is pushing pretty hard and things may be starting to slide in his favor in this quarterback battle. The longer it goes on uh, Ryan day says, you know, that it could go on into the season. Both guys are playing pretty hard right now, but um, who knows? Maybe this is just something to kind of get a little bit more to Kyle McCord. Maybe they weren't happy with the way that he took this opportunity that he had with Devin Brown out with the hand injury and really didn't slam the door shut behind him. Um, heading over to some few quick injuries now, heading over to Washington, where running back Cam Davis is out for the season. Not really worried about Cam Davis so much, but interesting transfer from Mississippi State in Dylan Johnson. He could be the RB1 there right now. Kind of a sneaky kind of sleeper, maybe to keep him watch out for. Um, or at South Carolina, Antoine Wells. He's actually expected to be ready for week one. So that's great news there after the injury in the scrimmage last weekend. Iowa State running back Jarrell Brock, he's left the team amidst those gambling investigations where he's also being investigated. So maybe Cartavius Norton is put back on the menu here. I'm going to have to maybe get reinvested in him after kind of falling off this offseason. And last but not least, Alabama running back, freshman running back, Justice Haynes has a quad contusion. He has not been taking uh, part in practice ever since then. So maybe an opening for Jamarion Miller to possibly get a little bit more run here. Um, you guys be sure to head over to the website at campusdecan.com where you guys can purchase our CFF, Devi, or supplemental draft guides with all the information needed to attack your drafts this offseason. Those are a $20 one-time purchase or become a member with one of our many subscription options, some of which include access to the draft guides and access to all the awesome tools you see posted all over Twitter. We also debuted the brand new C2C Winning Edge, which is a collaboration with CFB Winning Edge to help bring you guys the amazing in-depth work on school depth charts, um, statistical projections, returning production. Uh, all your all your betting needs as well. So make sure you guys are checking that out. 
check out the family of podcasts and the YouTube channel and make sure you guys are keeping it locked on the YouTube channel every Saturday from here on out throughout the season to make sure you're catching our pre-show in the morning with the tailgate guys going through the, the start sit questions, keeping updated on all the injury news, heading into it, some betting tips, and then make sure you guys come back at night for the wrap up. We'll, we'll make sure you guys don't miss a thing throughout the day with the college fantasy tonight. Keep it locked on the campus of Canton YouTube channel. Go from zero to hero this weekend with some home field apparel for this weekend. Look, there's a special promo code out there, Campus to Kin. It's buy seven, get one free, or basically 15% off. You know, it's 15% off. But if you buy seven (laughs) shirts, you get one free in a way. (laughs) For the whole family. For the whole family. Who doesn't like a nice new shirt on the weekend to celebrate football season coming back? It's week zero. Your family's looking at you. Go ahead and go from zero to hero and get them some home field apparel with the promo code campus to Canton 15% off your first purchase. And if you want to just really splurge, you buy seven, get one free, get extra 5% there that goes towards your tax. That's, you know, you can look at it that way. All right, Corey, you ready to get into impact freshman? He's muted. I'll take that as a yes. He's just too excited. He's lost. Yeah. Himself. Sorry about that. Uh, yep. I'm definitely <laughs> muted there, but no, I didn't know if maybe we should take a look at the week zero lineup here. There isn't much to really look at here in, in terms of Del- Devi relevance. Um, we got the Navy versus Notre Dame game this weekend and the San Jose state versus USC game, probably looking at maybe some freshmen here to maybe uh, get some playing time. Jane Greathouse, see how that wide receiver court kind of shakes out at USC. I will remind everybody that this is where we saw, you know, Amarion Hampton breakout last year. We saw Trey Benson, the star, of his kind of breakout last year starting week zero two so not exactly always um a useless week something that could maybe be a precursor to something we see further down the line but in terms of things you want to see this week not a lot of excitement really a lot of fun though usc is playing san jose state uh they might be an early blowout so you could catch a glimpse at some true freshmen there zachary branch makai lemon deuce robinson but um that's kind of what i'm looking for there so but, hey, football's back. I mean, I can't complain. I mean, I, I would have killed for a, a UNLV versus San Jose State type of game like <laughs> three months ago. Dude. I would have, you know, Hawaii, I would lay it on me at 3 a.m. I would have loved that. Yeah, can't complain. Yeah, there'd definitely be some, uh, some at least some C2C assets to watch this weekend. Yeah, yeah, some names to learn. Uh, the CFF team is probably more excited than, than the Debbie folks. But uh, let's, let's get into it. Uh, today's conversation is immediate impact freshman here. So not just like who's being the year one zero mold, because we all know it's only 100 yards. It's not really much of an impact. It's just, you know, congrats on contributing to the team. But being an impact freshman just has such a big indicator of future success for NFL, for Debbie purposes. I uh, just want to like recap. So in like 2019, you had, you had um, Brees Hall was a huge impact guy. Uh, George Pickens was a big impact guy. You also had like Isaiah Spiller, though, that hasn't worked out. Sam Howe is a fifth round pick, but like he's getting all the hype right now in the NFL, so he might work out. Um, Jane Daniels, who's still in college right now. 2020, though, hmm. Jordan Addison erupted. Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Kayshawn Boutte, Tank, Tank Bigsby. That was an awesome year, 2020. 2021, Travion Henderson from, from Ohio. Braylon Allen converted over from linebacker, and everyone found out he was 17 years old. Uh, Xavier Worthy, Caleb. Caleb Williams, Brock Bowers. It's just a star-studded name. And then obviously last year we had a big group with Nick Singleton, Quinshawn Judkins, Damian Martinez. And then for like receivers, you had Evan Stewart, Matthew Golden, Antonio Williams, Barry and Brown, Ted McMillan. Breakouts 
this early it's just such a success rate i mean it's just it just shows that these young men come over from high school and they don't skip a beat you know maybe there's some adjustment but they they pick it up very fast very fast learning curve makes you feel really good about going up to the nfl level and that they're not going to skip a beat there either um without further ado i actually want to talk about i didn't write this on the shirt course i'm sorry for ambushing you this we hmm. we me mostly me not not as much Corey, uh did not do a good job last year <laughs> we, yeah, we I did a good job. I, I did a good job last year. You get out of here. <laughs> absolute Grim Reaper with my picks for wide receiver. It was like Taylor Shetron, Andre Green, and Tobias Merriweather. Like all three just whiffs. So yeah, hopefully yeah. I can make that up. It was it was tough out there. Yeah, my yours where yeah, Taylor Shetron, Andre, Andre Green, Tobias Merriweather, or Merriweather, Cartavius Norton, which could be kind of a bounce back this week. He got hurt. He got hurt. Yeah, Ramon Brown. You picked the wrong Maryland running back to break out, I guess. But yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I did have a hit on Ashton Genty, who's a G five guy. So that's kind of yeah. You know, that one did work out. Um, and then my uh, Brown kind of the shooting from deep at the very end, three star guy Camden Brown. That was pretty. I yeah. we'll, we'll see. That we'll see. It wasn't a miss. My last year, Matthew Golden. Uh, Jordan Hudson or DJ Allen. So I kind of cheated there, but I did get Jordan Hudson. Justin Williams, I whiffed on big time, but Damian Martinez, Omarion Hampton as well. And then fading Chris Marshall. So I actually did pretty good, man. Let's see if I can, let's see if I can do it again. Dude, the Chris Marshall one was like, <laughs> I just, I lucked into that one kind of, because I was fading him for the wrong reasons. I faded him because I didn't like the, the wide receiver development at, at Texas A&M. And then, you know, he's going to Ole Miss or whatever. And I get all excited all over again. And then he's just a knucklehead. So it'll you know, kind of a win-win there. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> let's, uh, let's head over to the, to the QBs. Last year, we didn't talk QBs at all, just because it's so rare for QBs to really break out. There's also this COVID eligibility. So you got all these like sixth, seventh year guys hanging around for no reason. Um, but Corey, I wanted to ask if you thought that there was any potential for any uh, immediate impact QBs in this class. Well, I think there's kind of luckily enough, obviously we went over in the news. We did get at least one that seems like he's going to be yeah. the starter. I don't know. I don't know if it's official yet. Everything is just every, it's just reporting that he is expected to be named the starter. So I haven't seen like an official thing yet, but Jaden Rashada hooking up with uh, Kenny Dillingham there, you know, this guy, we've seen what he's done with quarterbacks in the past, especially a guy like Bo Nix, who's been like all over the place, but his best seasons have come with a guy like Kenny Dillingham there. We saw what he did for the offense there at Oregon last year as well. I'm kind of excited about this hookup here. I think Jaden Rashada is pretty interesting. He's a guy with some good size. Um, they've talked a lot about his, his, his arm talent being an NFL arm, and that's really what stood out during like this whole um, competition that was going on was that his arm just stood out among the rest of the guys. And I think, you know, um, that's going to tend to lead to good things, especially if you're going to lock into him as your starter, as the true freshman. I mean, the guys we're talking about when we're talking about our, our breakouts, those guys are littered within our the top three rounds of every draft that we do now. So if you're starting as a true freshman and you're going to get that bump, that love, I think he's got NFL traits as well. I think this guy's going to be like a top three or four pick next year in C2C drafts and Debbie drafts. I mean, that's a good call. Like, Connor Wegman had four stars. He was terrible against Troy, but he killed it against Ole Miss, you know? So, yeah. and, and he was, it was, no, it wasn't Troy. Sorry. It was UMass. UMass. Uh, but anyway, yeah. If he, if he's getting playing time, if he's bad, he's going to get a bump up. I, I just throw some other names on the sheet, like Dante Moore. He has a serious chance to maybe not start week one, but he will probably be starting end of the season. Aiden Childs, he's behind DJU, who's gotten some like, positive camp buzz but i'm just so scarred by him i just think they're lying i think they're lying to <laughs> yeah. me too. i think they're trying to like yeah. trick people they're doing like the art of war you know sun zoo brother they're misfeeding us information uh 
Jackson Arvo plays behind Dylan Gabriel. There, Dylan Gabriel is not always the most healthy quarterback, and and then Lenora Sellers, who's behind uh, Spencer Rattler, who helped give rise to Caleb Williams. Maybe we hit we hit gold twice here. Spencer Rattler giving <laughs> rise to some studs, but um, yeah. uh, and not Lenora Sellers, but those other guys I talked about. I do think they actually have some serious shots at playing some serious time this year. Yeah, um, I think the the one that I would bet on outside of Rashad, obviously, who I think is going to be a starter, is probably going to be Dante Moore over there. And you know, I kind of like to hook up with Chip Kelly over there. I kind of like the I kind of like the weapons for both these guys actually. Like I like ASU's wide receiver room for Jane Rashad. I like uh, some of the wide receiver talent and the running back talent there for uh, for Dante Moore and UCLA. So I mean, I, I feel like these guys are set up in pretty decent situations as well maybe not home run situations but at least situations where i think they're going to let them learn on the job um and we're going to see them at least flash at times excel and learn with these wide receivers gain chemistry with them as well like i think both these guys are headed for a lot of bright things in the future dante moore i just don't know when it's going to be yeah uh, going back to Jaden Rashado, i actually like his weapons a lot compared well compared to dante moore I think Elijah Badger's a great, like, you know, yak guy. They have a lot of, like, really good singular skill set guys. Field stretchers, yeah. all this stuff like that. And they, they the reason a nice stretcher, stretch. yeah. Yeah, so I, I like that a lot. Um, I have no, no idea about their offensive line, though. I kind of skipped over their CFF page. I cannot remember it. But uh, <laughs> that's, not, that's not what we do here. <laughs> <laughs> um I, yeah, is this a year? I didn't expect them to touch the field for another year. But anyway, anyway, let's 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 go on over to the wide receiver group. Uh, let's take a look at the upcoming wide receiver class here, and let's talk about last year's. Last year's, we were spoiled with Antonio Williams, Barry and Brown, and Evan Stewart all winning the wide receiver one role as true freshmen. I mean, that was just a great year, and that's only just the tip of the iceberg because we still have year two coming up here. So we'll find some other guys to also break out as sophomores. But we're looking at this year's true freshmen. And talking about guys that can make the push for that wide receiver one role in their first year. Um, Corey, you want to start off on this one? Yeah, I don't know about guys that could maybe push for that wide receiver one role in their first year. If I was going to go to somebody, um, I think a wide open room there with somebody who could be an ex is Malachi Coleman there over at Nebraska. You know, he's not another one of these these size speed specimens. You know, we have him recorded with a miles per hour time of 21.5 miles per hour. Um, he's 6'4, 190 pounds, so he's got that great size, look great in the all-star circuit, showing off some of that athleticism, you know, that, that bully ball style he was showing. Um, you know, he's going to Nebraska here where I think, you know, he could push for at least time on the field in year one, a team going through a lot of change with a new head coach in Matt Rule there. Um, they just lost Xavier Betts, who was expected to at least be a main contributor to this team. We haven't seen much from him, but I, I know his role was at least expected to be pretty big for this team. And they have some other Jag types over there who I don't think offer the same type of big playability that that Malachi Coleman does, though, as well. The same type of excitement, you know. And I think with Jeff Sims over there at quarterback, too, I think he's a little bit of a YOLO passer. You know, he's a guy who likes to run around a little bit after that first read is gone, gets a little frantic, might want to just throw it up um, once that first read is gone towards a guy like Coleman. Coleman with that big frame, the the, the big athleticism. Um, you know, this was a guy who showed a knack for winning those 50-50 balls, um, coming down with him during his high school career too. So I just think with this unsettled depth chart, uh, you know, a new offensive system coming in, you know, I think Coleman really has a chance to make at least an impact in year one, at least get rid of those year one zero thresholds so he can see that bump in value going into year two. Yeah, I like that call. It's a good call. Uh, my first one here was – mentioned a little bit earlier here is actually Notre Dame's wide receiver Jaden Greyhouse uh mm. six foot one 204 pounds 204 back in spring he was listed at 213 and then during last year's high school season he was 
listed sometimes, depending on where you're looking, up to 220 pounds. And that's when you had the whole tight end rumors going around. ESPN labeled him down as a tight end. And psychological warfare is going out there telling people telling me to drop him. But I, I didn't. I didn't drop him, but he's listed at wide receiver 44 in the 24-7 composite. Um, during the fall camp, during the annual blue-gold spring game, he caught 11 passes for 118 yards. He's running with the twos primarily, but he is getting work with the ones, so he's getting rotated in. And on the current depth chart, he is listed right behind Chris Tyree in the slot. And I don't know about you, Corey, but I don't think Chris Tyree is that much of a speed bump. So I think we could see Jaden Greenhouse sooner <laughs> rather than later. Um, the big concern for all of us here at the site was that we really like uh, Jaden Greyhouse, the technician. We don't like Jaden Greyhouse, the athlete. His max miles per hour is 19.8 miles per hour. Um, again, this was also when he was listed up to 220 pounds. So he's dropped 16 pounds. He's got to be lighter on his feet. He's got to be a little bit more crisper uh, with his athleticism. So I'm hoping to see a bump in that. I don't want to. I don't want to miss out. But I, I like seeing that he seems to be molding his body to become a better athlete. And I just kept reading reports of coaches telling me about his work ethic off the field as well as on the field. And that's where all the work goes into. So Jane Greyhouse, I think has a real shot at being the wide receiver one for this offense by the end of the year. No, and that this was a guy with a great high school career too. This was one of the guys that I actually heard about very early in, in Debbie, like wait, you know, like off his sophomore seasons, off of his, you know, junior seasons. I was actually hearing a lot about him already. Didn't really see the athletic concerns until I took a little bit deeper of a look at him. The only thing I wonder, you know, I kind of worry, you know, I didn't actually know about the weight thing. You kind of, you told me something there. If he is 204 right now, like, are we worried that like he wasn't actually at 220? And like, because we always said if he shed some weight, maybe he, that might improve the athleticism. What if he was always at like 204? Does that mean that he's like that his athleticism is what it is at 204? Like that part kind of worries me a little no, bit. He, I guess, he but... looked a little bit thick during his high his high school. He stuff. did, like, he did. Yeah, yeah. But I thought he looked thick in the spring game too, to be honest. But maybe, maybe I'm a little bit wrong there. Either way, I still think he's a pretty technical guy like I, I i see some refinement you you see him making plays after the cast just being savvy um as a guy who's with no, without a lot of athleticism he's still able to make some plays after the catch and do things yeah you worry about if those things will still be able to happen at the nfl level but regardless yeah. this is a show about immediate impact freshman i think he definitely has that opportunity especially when you look at this room who doesn't really have like that michael mayer replacement who a lot of people have been saying like Maybe Jaden Greyhouse could kind of be that guy, that big guy in the slot or that big guy out wide who can kind of take those possession catches. You know, you look at like the spring game where he had like whatever it was, like 10 catches for 100 yards. Like he wasn't he wasn't making huge plays, but he was that possession role that Michael Mayer in this offense. So maybe there's a role for him there, at least to get on the field early. But I think all the reports have been great about him, too. And I think I definitely like that call. I think he's going to be a, a pretty impactful guy this in his first year here. Um, my next guy, and not a very sexy guy, um, according to our recruitment team or anybody that you really talk to, but a guy that's been getting a lot of buzz out of camp. Um, heading over to Ole Miss, that's Aiden Williams. Um, this guy was a pretty high ranking guy, 6'3, 190 pounds. I think he was like top 15 uh, across the board for most uh, recruiting services out there. Uh, but our recruiting team didn't feel the same. Uh, I know you didn't either. Um, but he is this kind of archetype that's maybe fading in the realm of fantasy. Like we were talking about last week, talking about these traits. Um, this is the kind of guy that falls into like that, maybe that contested catch, that possession wide receiver. He kind of like that bully ball, go up and get it. Um, that doesn't necessarily get a ton of separation. Uh, maybe he's only going to live on the outside, you know, in the NFL, if he, if he makes it there eventually. But I do think this is the type of role that they're looking for in this offense. I think it was a role that they probably envisioned for Chris Marshall until he decided to be a knucklehead and ended up, 
like God knows where. I think he's in somewhere in Juco right now, actually. I, I thought I read something earlier. I can't remember exactly where he is, but um, the reports have uh, Aiden Williams playing with the first team. I think he offers that type of skill set, which is different from a guy like Jordan Watkins, different from a guy like Zachary Franklin. Um, there's definitely some other contenders for this spot, like Trey Harris, a transfer in. Uh, Shane Hooks is another transfer in. But Aiden has been getting tabbed as a guy from the beat reporters who's going to make an immediate impact uh, in year one um, from the things they're seeing in practice right now. So I still think he's going to be playing at least a, a rotational role out the gate. And for a guy that falls under those, that top 300 parameter that we're looking for i think he's got a pretty good shot to break those year one zeros which is really what we're hoping for yeah the big concern is athleticism he's yeah he's slower than Jaden greyhouse and even though he's like 25 pounds lighter at high school when he was like 19.2 miles per hour uh pretty so yeah that's that's pretty brutal so yeah and i don't think his body's changed the way greyhouse has so i don't i don't know how much hope i have for him to get more athletic but but yeah the the buzz is just it's just through the roof. On three has him down as a as an all American. Really, uh, this, this early, yeah. Season. So yeah, the yeah. buzz has been really climbing for him. It's been loud out there. Yeah. Uh, going on to my next guy here, I have down Cordell Russell. Mm-hmm. Uh, listed at six foot four, two ten. I think he's six foot three though. But listed at six foot four, two ten. Wide receiver twelve in the composite. This is one of the youngest kids at National Signing Day. He was seventeen. Point six years old in actual signing day, so he's probably he's probably eighteen now. But again, he's young. Um, broke his collarbone in spring. He's already back in the first week of practice from back from the collarbone. They're already raving about him. I watched a drill of him running. Just you know, he's just running a drill. Like just it's, it's against air. But his like footwork and his quickness, like his it's just for someone that's six foot three, it's just freaky. And that was noted uh, by like fellow wide receiver JP Richardson. He called him a freak of nature. You don't come across a guy like him just from athletic ability. He's hungry. He wants it. He wants to work hard. And that was like from his receiver. And then from the coaches, uh, Coach Sonny Dykes there said, he didn't seem like a freshman to me. He didn't seem rattled. It doesn't seem too big for him. He made more plays today than some young wide receivers have made for us in the past. He looks like he belongs. Uh, So he's getting good reviews from not only his teammates, but from coaches as well. Um, We've seen clips of him working out doing some pretty extended extension grabs haven't seen like full gameplay though but again this is all the buzz and i don't think tcu has that deep of wide receiver room like i, I think richardson is profiled right now to be the one there and they got the ghost of jojo earl still there i don't think i think he's done i haven't seen a single good thing about him this offseason so i i don't think there's like much in the way of him getting on the field early there's no depth chart last year they released it on the 29th of august so we don't have that week zero to help us out there with that but I imagine he would be a number two on that depth chart. Yeah, so you're not a big Savion Williams guy, who I will say, by the way, somehow made the freak list. I don't, I, I that to me, I mean, like a little bit off, t- off uh, topic here, but I honestly thought that I don't know if there was some like agent pushing or something going on here, He's but that freak, NIL, that freak list felt weird. Yeah, that freak list felt weird this year. It felt like specific names he was trying to push up or whatever. Guys that I feel like were more athletic should have maybe deserve to be on there but yeah Savion Williams was on there who's supposed to at least be that X this year who's supposed to be that Quentin Johnson role who we kind of hope Cordell Russell will eventually take over but this was a guy that I was lower on a little bit in the offseason, especially after he, um, he he had the broken collarbone. I was like, he's going to be so behind. But the fact that he's making this kind of ground in a sense in terms of buzz in terms of hype 
just from what he's been able to do off of this collarbone just in the summertime, like I think bodes well for him. Like I'm getting a little bit more excited for him. I gave him a little bit of a bump up in the rankings as well, because I had kind of dropped him a little bit thinking that he might be, you know, on that zero one or that year one zero threshold line. But um, I'm kind of feeling a little bit more optimistic about it. So I like that call from you there. I'm going to go to another guy who, again, we kind of worry about these raw athletic, big size speed kids because they come in so raw. You you kind of worry about the, how they're going to get on the field in year one. But to his credit, LSU wide receiver uh, Shelton Sampson, he's been getting some first team reps out of camp already. Um, this guy's 6'3", 187, with a recorded 21 point uh, miles per hour time uh, from our recruiting team. So very athletic kid um, entering that LSU room that doesn't really have much beyond Malik neighbors right now, at least in the form of reliable options. They've kind of been waiting for guys like um, Brian Thompson or Thomas to do something there. Kyron Lacey was supposed to do something there, um, but nobody's really stepped up, right? And even neighbors himself, he's going to leave next year, right? So this room kind of, you know, opens up quite a bit. And I think he kind of, he offers a, a skill set that's a little bit different, a little bit similar to Brian Thomas. Um, so that, you know, mixed with his rawness kind of had me a little bit worried about how he's going to get on the field in year one. But again, early reports, he's getting reps with the first team in practice. Maybe this is a guy who could eventually even jump Brian Thomas, who hasn't been able to, to really solidify himself in that number two role. You know, I don't think he'll be a starting guy out the gate, but I think he could be a guy on the two deep rotation, especially gets in at the end of games, especially if they're in blowouts or whatever. So I think that really gives Shelton a pretty good chance at breaking those year one zero threshold and potentially start in, in 2024 with, I will say a potentially a guy like Garrett Nussmeyer, who I think likes to test the defense like vertically a little bit more. And that could fit Shelton's skill set a lot better, you know, heading into next year as well. So I think he's going to flash enough this year. And I think we, we could see uh, a value increase for him heading into 2024. I'm all about it. I kind of hate that they're comping him to Terrence Marshall over there. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of that. Um, but he did get second round draft capital, so I guess I can look forward to that. But I, I do think Sam, like I think he's like a possession like type receiver. I don't. He's such a hard eval for me. So was Carnell Tate. Carnell Tate got all the hype in the world in OSU, so I bumped him up. But Samson was my other hedge because it was such a hard eval because he didn't really see the athleticism and it yeah. looked like he just it looked like he was capable of it, but he just knew he didn't have to. Like he didn't have to give one hundred percent. He could give eighty percent and still get that touchdown, you know. So, um, but I I think he can be a really nice possession wide receiver. Yeah, and those are those are other types you kind of worry about that you kind of feel like maybe they were relying too much on their athleticism early in their careers and that it's not going to be able to continue as you go on. So hopefully he's learning how to kind of you know refine that game a little bit. But yeah, still you know I'm I'm following the camp the camp uh, hype here a little bit. Hopefully he gets on the field. Yeah, my last guy here for wide receivers is going to be Jonte Cook the second here for Texas, six foot, 186 pounds, wide receiver seven in the composite. That's right. I didn't do a single five star. I'm just saying this show does not, not. Go ahead. Oh, go on. Go on. No, I was gonna say Dante Cook's pretty low hanging fruit there, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll just, I'll just say that. I'll just, but, hey, but you're right. But I'll, just, I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's definitely been like a steady climber for a lot of people. I will say, just looking at it right now, he actually is a five star wide receiver. At least for, according to 247 Composite. What but 247 said. has him as a four-star. Oh, okay, they had a wide receiver seven. What was the composite one then for him? Three, wide receiver three. All right, sorry, guys. So anyway, Jonte Cook, uh, He when I first started watching his high school film, I think one of the first things I said in the group chat here was like, I don't know how to evaluate his route running. This guy just attacks angles so well. And then like Austin came in the chat and was like, I think that's like phenomenal. If he can just 
not do that. And that's what made me think. And I was like, this guy doesn't waste a lot of movement. I think he's a high IQ type wide receiver where he just, he understands where to run. He doesn't even make guys mix and look flashy. He's just the most maximum efficiency player there could be, but he also possesses the traits and ability to make guys miss in a phone booth type of thing. So there's also a ton of great buzz out of camp him that coaches and players are like, so from like Sarkeesian. So he said, I think Jante is really trying to do what we're asking him to do. And then when he doesn't do it, the right way he acknowledges that and tries to do it better the next time i just think there's a level of comfort for him schematically and i think that we're doing what we're doing is making sense to him and then jt sanders the uh the tight end there called him a standout he, he called him a standout and again also raved about him uh so saying i i mean we can see what he did in high school he's bringing that into college and there's not really a drop off here uh Sarkeesian also made comments about how he he rarely makes the same mistake twice Super coachable, all that stuff. So it's everything you like to hear. He's already running with the ones, mostly with the twos, though. There's was a story of Jordan Winnington being injured, which would open the door for him to take that starting spot. Uh, but I also saw like the next day that Jordan Winnington was at practice and the injury was a non-story. So something to monitor there. But clearly, Jonte Cook is already making waves. And I believe, I'm going to reference Austin's again, that uh, I want to say like in the spring that he said, that Jonathan Cook could lead this freshman group in receiving. And I think that's not too far off. We saw Xavier Weaver, uh, excuse me, not Weaver, Xavier Worthy, uh, struggle with drops for two years in a row. Now, I know there was a report of the broken hand, but, like, I don't know. It's two years in a row, and that report came pretty late at the end of the season. So <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm buying that out of Texas. But uh, Worthy has drop issues. A.D. Mitchell, who – can't stay healthy, but has all the tools to be elite. He comes in. Uh, Nayor comes off an ACL. It just seems like the door isn't really shut for Jonte Cook to get immediately involved here. Like I'm talking about week one involvement. So I, I think Jonte Cook, who it'd be insane if he led this wide receiver room, but I think he could be a really reliable number two at, at the worst. They actually have two freshmen that are looking pretty exciting over there at Texas that they are thinking could make an impact into in year one. You've got one listed here as a guy you think could make an impact in year one, looking at this running back class now in uh, Cedric Baxter. Yeah, this this was low-hanging fruit for sure. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, six foot one, two, uh, 211 pounds. He runs 21.9 miles per hour. He's just so talented. Everyone knows it. They're raving about him in camp. And then like, the two guys in front of him are like Keelan Johnson, uh, Jonathan Brooks. Um, I don't even consider Jadon Blue like a running back at this point anymore. I don't even know what he is. <laughs> He's a future transfer portal. But um, it, it looks like it's trending, and I'm assuming – because it's it's trending that Brooks starts this year, I I think I think I speak for everyone in the space that we all believe Cedric Basser takes over this lead role before the end of the year. So I I don't really know there's much else to say. This dude's the RB one in the class for I think almost everybody. Maybe some have Justice Haynes in front, and I think that's a fine argument to make. But uh, this guy should get a pretty pretty much immediate impact. Yeah, I think you know. There's even buzzes uh, him looking pretty good at the at the uh, during practice during scrimmages already. They're already saying that he's looking like he's already pushed his way into being a one-two punch with Brooks. Or, I mean, they're giving Brooks his due diligence. He's going to be the starter guy this year. But um, I mean, I feel like the amount of buzz that I'm hearing about Cedric Baxter, I'm not hearing the same type of love coming out about Brooks. 
And it just feels like it's inevitable at one point that we're just going to see Cedric Baxter yeah, be the dude absolutely. for this for the team halfway through the year. But yeah, very exciting guy. Thank you for pointing out those two five star impact freshmen there. <laughs> really good for the for the guys out there. <laughs> uh, I'll head over to my low, lowest hanging fruit. I think of this entire thing, and that's going to be uh, Ruben Owens. Uh, heading over to Texas A&M. Um, I know you aren't really a big Ruben Owens guy. You know, half of that starts at his age. Um, we all know he's going to be a little bit older of a prospect, going to be 20 years old in this freshman season, but none of that's really going to stop him from uh, you know being able to make an impact in year one, which I think he has the avenue to do in this Texas A&M backfield. You know, they have guys like Amari Daniels. They have guys like Le- Le'Veon Moss, who are really a different type of skill set than what he brings, and they really haven't done anything to solidify themselves as the lead guy in this role as well. Whereas I think Ruben Owens, you know, with his shiftiness, with the pass catching chops, um, I kind of think he could have that early Devon chain role in this offense as, you know, a guy who catches some passes, maybe gets split out wide, a nice change of pace pack, uh, a nice change of pace back when you want to like hit the defense with some speed on the outside, something like that. And, you know, like a chain, like they show no hesitant hesitancy to play, a chain heavily despite like his lack of size, right? And, you know, Ruben Owens is not the biggest guy either, a little bigger than, than a chain is, but I think he could eventually grow into like the lead of this backfield, you know, if if, if not this year, potentially, you know, next year or, or sooner rather than later, kind of a similar rise to the way a chain uh, happened. You know, I think he could still be actually kind of the same polarizing figure throughout his entire Debbie career, to be honest as well. But, you know, the team could be opening it up a little bit more as well with uh, Petrino coming in, Connor Wegman at quarterback. Now you got weapons, you know, with Stewart, uh, Moose Muhammad, a full year here, there, maybe he can keep his head on right, um, which could end up being meaning more pass catching opportunities for a guy like Ruben Owens as, as the pass catcher of that, of that backfield. So I think there's going to be plenty of, of chances for him to be pretty impactful here in year one. Yeah. Uh, I I agree with that. I I know this is a Debbie show, Corey. I don't know if you know that, but this is a Debbie show. But I do agree that that he is going to. <laughs> he's going to type something to me, bro. Um, <laughs> I I think I think he's I think that room's super thin. He can be an immediate impact right away. And it's like there's even less resistance in front of him than there is Cedric Baxter. Uh, also, one quick note on Cedric Baxter. Um, I believe he's going to go by CJ Baxter here pretty soon. I think we'll start seeing that name change in fan tracks. Just a heads up on that. Even like for uh, the announcers, they say CJ Baxter is Cedric Baxter or Cedric going to CJ. But I have another guy here who's doing another name change as well. And it's going to be Dontavious Braswell of South Carolina. Uh, DJ. Yep, going by DJ. That's not the letter D and the letter J. It's D and then J is in J-A-Y. So DJ hmm. Braswell. Um, clocked in at 21.2 miles per hour by our recruiting team. He is five foot 11, 200 pounds. I've actually been like wavering a little bit on this take because I just can't find any camp news about him. I just can't, I can't find any camp news about it. It's all about Antoine Wells and Spencer Rattler. But I did find a segment where Spencer Rattler was talking about the running backs. And he said, running backs have looked great. DK, which is uh joiner uh, is obviously our starter. We're going to roll with him. You guys know how he is. He can make any play on the field. Obviously, Juju, DJ Braswell looked really good. Mario Anderson, running back room is pretty deep, so we just got to keep feeding the rock and keep trying to get the run game going. So he had a mention from the from the starting quarterback there uh, for the South Carolina Gamecocks. Second, third, sorry, third running back listed there. But I, I can't find like, much news about him. But I don't think anybody has the athletic traits that braswell offers this team he does have stuff that he offers the team he also has a frame to add weight to so he's 200 pounds 
I didn't see any increase in weight from the summer, but you know, we'll see by mid season they update that. But I, I don't think there's a lot in front of him here. He's just hyper athletic, has a great frame, and I thought his high play was pretty good. Yeah, I think this is more of like an opportunity driven thing here uh, with him, you know, especially when you're keeping him a little behind your rankings because he was a guy that I'm a little bit lower on. Like just just analyzing the tape a little bit, I didn't really, I I didn't really find him as a guy who like created a lot on his own. You know, followed his blocking really well, didn't exactly you know um, make a lot of guys miss or anything like that. So I was a little bit lower on him from a from a talent point of view from an evaluation but you know this room did look pretty barren until you know to carry on joiner i guess now is becoming like the guy after trying to find a position to play for like five years now but <laughs> he's apparently rocked up and he's going to be the guy this year but still that's not something that i feel like i'm 100 percent about him being the guy all year long so there's still an opportunity here i think for braswell to p- potentially make an impact or somebody at least in this backfield um i'll go on to another guy and this is unfortunately a theme here where i'm kind of picking the guys that our recruiting team weren't really high on but it just seems like these guys are going to be walking into big roles here in in year one and that heading over to miami and i'm talking about running back mark fletcher who the team at least had ranked respectably or whatever they just are a little bit worried about some of the athleticism and you know he really is kind of like that old school running back like like 10 years ago, this would have been like the guy that everybody freaking loved, right? Six foot, 220 pounds, powerful runner, not afraid of contact. He'll mow you over. He'll keep churning for extra yards, but it's the overall athleticism. You know, he's not a very twitchy guy, you know, um, shows a little bit of burst, but not really a ton, kind of like a build up speed guy. You know, I think our team has him again, another guy clocked under 20 miles per hour on his best run. So um, another uh, lack of receiving as well in his profile, but I just, I just get this feeling he's going to be like a workhorse collegiate running back. You know, he's already getting like pretty good reviews this spring. He's getting run with the first team. He just punched in like two touchdowns uh, at the goal line in the, in the, um, in their scrimmage that they had. And that seems like what's going to be his early role out the gate here is those short yardage situations, those power situations up the middle. And he is really kind of well-suited for those. So he's finding a way to get on the field early, but you know, I even wonder for kind of looking at like another Audric estimate type where I think like, estimate might have a little bit more athleticism but i could see them kind of being you know viewed in a similar way where we kind of struggle to to rank guy these guys but like they're going to be productive as freshmen right off the bat they're kind of like that that old school mold mold so they're a little bit undervalued but you know miami has continued to struggle uh, at finding their running back we all know what the story of Trevante citizen he's not really close to returning at this point um after that knee injury the rest of the guys here henry paris jr uh, guys like don cheney fine guys, but not really guys that have done anything to solidify themselves in this backfield. So I really, it sounds like Mark Fletcher is going to push for a pretty serious role in year one. And, you know, him being a young guy with a lot of room still to grow, like I'm not writing him off as a Debbie asset either. I've, I've actually thrown him in. uh, I can't remember where um, I think somewhere in my fifties right now, but I've thrown him in there. I just think, you know, we got to give some leniency to guys young in their career. There's hype there. Let's just see what happens. You know, I'm not going to put him super high. So that the drop would seem, a lot if he doesn't you know meet any expectations but i'm at least throwing him in there for now did you did you want to talk about dante dowdle next if you want to talk about these world war ii relics <laughs> <laughs> yeah well dante dowdle he's gonna be no i'm just joking i don't want to talk about dante <laughs> oh man we mentioned audrey estimate too jeez oh i know just oh, we're hitting we're the greatest hits yeah uh, no, but I, I I think Mark Fletcher was a good call. I mean, he's definitely gonna be an impact. Everyone's hurt there. Like, who's gonna yeah. run for them? They're yeah. all hurt. Um, our last guy here is actually gonna be a joint one here, so I'll talk about him first. But uh, Caleb Jackson, six we are foot, fighting 20, over this one. 
Yeah, yeah, and I write the show sheets, so I got first dibs, I guess. <laughs> um, Caleb Jackson, six foot, two hundred twenty-five pounds. Uh, he missed all but one of his games his senior year with an ankle injury, so he—I can't really call him a faller, but he clearly wasn't like a top ten running back in the in any recruiting service just because they couldn't see him play. Uh, wasn't an early enrollee either because he was coming back from injury. He ran track, and while he was running track, we saw him come fourth. In the 100 meter for his division with a, a 10, 8, 9, 100 meter in the spring. So we felt pretty good about his athleticism coming back. I felt pretty confident ranking him pretty high. And then in the recent fall scrimmage, he had three touches and two of them were for touchdowns. One of them was a screen pass from Garrett Nussmeyer for 72 yards where he made two guys miss. He like dragged the guy for a little bit and then just outsprinted another guy. And then he also had another 18 yard run. Uh, kind of balance it out wide, which is fine. I like to see a little bit more down the middle as so I want to see power running and not guys scared of contact. But on these runs, on the 72-yard run, he was clocked in at 21.4 miles per hour. That's at six foot, 225 pounds. That puts him in a almost very elite tier, just kind of barely misses it. But all the tools and traits are there. I couldn't find the quote, so I, I'm, I hope I'm not lying here with this statement, but I believe uh, the head coach was saying that he's he's in contention to rotate in for some roles here. So I, I hope to see him in little, little spurts here and there, maybe two or three touches to start off. But this running back room couldn't stay healthy last year. It's a collection of, of washed up five stars. Um, I know Logan Diggs comes in from Notre Dame. I think he's the assumed number one guy there. I would, I wouldn't argue that at all. I just don't think Logan Diggs is that special of a runner. You had walk on Josh Williams lead the room last year. Again, this room is just, LSU is such a special team. And then you look at their running back room and you're like, this is not a very special running back room for how special the team is. Uh, Corey, go ahead and tell me what you, what you like about. No, you kind of covered quite a bit of it there. I think that the, like the main thing here is right, right off the bat is you're just looking at like a spot, a size speed guy, which I think is always something that's going to draw the attention. Not a, a guy who is not afraid to catch passes as well. And we can feel good about that health post, post ankle injury because of what we've seen him do in the spring already running track. So I'm feeling pretty good about where he is. And if you're reading some of the scrimmage reports, you're hearing some of the stuff Nicholas Ian Allen is talking about as well on the C2 a days, he's getting some first team reps already. So yeah, I think there is some truth to that Brian Kelly quote that he is going to see a role this year. And they are a team that likes to rotate guys. I think they're still trying to find their guy, you know, and I think Diggs coming over, you know, from Nora Dame has a familiarity there with Kelly as well. Like he's, obviously going to be the guy I think but this is also a guy who struggled to stay healthy throughout his career as well um and we're seeing just Caleb Jackson apparently be bionic man and running 10.8 after a ankle fracture in his senior season so maybe this is the kind of guy who could stay healthy all season finally for a guy like um for a guy like Brian Kelly who likes to run the ball pretty heavily and I mean again you're looking at the room, it, it says a lot that a guy like Josh Williams led this room when you have John Emery when you have Noah Kane former five stars in this backfield. These guys just are, these guys are just not it. I don't know. They just, they, they can't get over whatever the mental hurdle that came with them coming into college, uh, the academic hurdle for, for John Emery, you know, I'm Noah yeah. Kane, I, I've never, wasn't really a huge thing guy on Noah Kane anyways, but it just seems like it's a pretty unspectacular room. And even if it ends up just being Logan Diggs and Caleb Jackson down the line, I still think he's going to make a pretty good, pretty good impact here in year one. Uh, also in that video, uh, this guy doesn't skip leg days. He's got, he's got a power bottom. I'm just saying he's got a power bottom with legs, dude. I feel like this off season, by the way, we skipped like the quad season where everyone posts pictures of quads. And then I was and just going to say, I love a good pair of thighs, man. Yeah. Dude. 
I don't want any of those chicken legs like uh, no. Jerome Ford. I don't want. I don't want any of that. Give me the Nick Chubbs and the uh, Saquon hell, Barkley's. Oh yeah, you know, dude. Let me see them thighs. Bigger anyway. than my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that's our that's our running backs here. Um. And we have to remember too. Not everyone breaks out year one. Uh. You know, I don't. I don't believe anyone. In, anyone high in our rankings are missing due to injury. So we didn't really have to skip anyone for that. There's, I don't really think anyone's hidden injury, right? Everyone in our top like 10, like running backs. So we've been pretty, yeah, pretty blessed with a lack of injuries this season, this off season. Uh, so um, anyway, year one production isn't the end all be all for some of these guys. Like we didn't talk about justice Haynes. We all love justice Haynes from Alabama, but it is a crowded room there. They do have some pretty good talent there. That's older than justice Haynes. It's kind of like, there's always a, you got to wait your turn type of system. So, uh carnell tate brandon innis the the ohio state duo like we don't really aren't like uh predicting like a high like early production from them but like we still love the talent so just because we're not naming some of these guys doesn't mean we're not excited about them we are just talking about immediate impact freshmen i just want to hit on that again so people think that we're not trying to say mark fletcher is a top two running back no i also think that we're trying to look past the top tier a little bit to tell you guys. I mean, you guys should be yeah. expecting the five-star freshmen to be making impacts in year one. That's why they're ranked as five-star freshmen, right? I mean, I don't have to tell you Zachariah Branch is going to make an impact for USC in year one, you know? So we're trying to tell you at least some of the other guys that you should be looking out for. Yeah, Jonte Cook and CJ Baxter. Yeah, those hits there from Mike. <laughs> like. uh, let's, uh, I, want, I want us to call our shot. We're going we're gonna to pick one or two like underrated freshmen. Some guys are – collectively lower on or just just lower on by like the services that might make an instant impact so i'm thinking like uh like last year i'm trying to think about last year last year jordan tyson was a pretty uh, electric three yep. star uh chris olave was a three star uh kenneth walker was a three star so anyway we're trying to pick like some of these some of these deep oh quinshawn Jenkins. how could i forget his name he was not damian martinez was a three star too damian martinez yeah. mm-hmm spoiled we were so spoiled last so year. spoiled yeah <laughs> yeah all right so let's uh let's give our shots to shoot from deep here i'm gonna throw it to Corey first here okay i'm gonna head back to a well that worked out for me pretty well last year and that's heading over to houston where i picked out matthew golden last year while i'm heading back to their wide receiver room um and i just think one of these two freshmen i'm cheating a little bit i'm kind of you know going I'm widening out the landscape a little bit for either jonah wilson or michael harrison pilot but I have to admit, you know, um, me and Mike have been talking about these guys actually for quite a while now, like since I don't even know, February or March or whatever. Um, I was actually on Jonah Wilson a lot earlier. He was on Michael Harrison Pilot. I've kind of come to your side a little bit, you know. I, I, I'm actually kind of surprised yes. Harrison Pilot doesn't get a little bit more love. And maybe it's just there was some concern there that he might be a defensive back at one point. He was listed as an athlete. He's the number seven overall athlete in the entire class right now. Six foot, 190 pounds, you know, it has 200 meter times in the 21.6 second area. So a guy who's pretty shifty or I mean, uh, with some speed to him as well. Pretty versatile guy in high school, played a little bit of defensive back, um, was used as a wide receiver, also ran the ball a little bit, uh, had like five rushing touchdowns in his senior year, a thousand yards receiving. So very guy who was just doing a lot of it. He's the fourth highest rated recruit to ever commit to Houston as well. So there's just been a lot of hype around him right now. Ever since he's arrived there in the summer, like you just sent me a tweet that there was like a four page, like freaking article on him in like the local newspaper. Like they're very excited about this guy. Then I will just give a little bit of love to Jonah Wilson as well, who is a little bit lower in the rankings, but you know, converted quarterback, um, you know, uh, just switched full-time to wide receiver near um, in his junior season, but blew up in his senior season has been clocked at some pretty good times near 21 miles per hour. Uh, by a recruiting team some some impressive ball tracking ability for for a, and hands for a guy who's a converted quarterback but 
and looking at the room, like I know a lot of people like Sam Brown there as well, quite a bit, but the buzz has been pretty strong for these guys. Wilson earlier, Harrison pilot a little bit more towards, um, towards summer camp now and, and Harrison pilot has been tabbed as possibly one of the biggest immediate impact freshmen by Dave Campbell, who does like those Texas magazines and everything. So I think there's a pretty good chance. At least one of these freshmen um, can make an in- impact uh, early this year, similar to the way golden did last year. I can't like find like besides like hype pieces, if I can't find any like game or like coaching and stuff like that, but like uh, fan tracks does like some projections. If you go into your fan tracks and you type up Mikhail Harrison pilot, um, you'll see that he's projected 400 receiving yards and 29 receptions as a true freshman. So I, yeah, I just I wish I could find a little bit more than what I can. I guess I'm just not using my researching skills well enough. But, um, but yeah, it, it's just all hype. He's a legacy. I just want to know it's more than just a legacy. There's something a little bit more to him. So yeah, and I mean this is a top 300 guy. This is a guy that's going to be on year one zero watch as well. You know, I don't think Jonah Wilson yeah. falls into there, but this is going to be a guy that's going to be on that watch too. So hopefully he will hit those numbers that they're projecting for him. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pumped about it. Uh, heading over to mine here. I uh, I, I have to get a special shout out to to big wide receiver guy. This is one of his guys. So it's Cordell Russell. Honestly, he's one of the earliest guys on him. But Caden Fegan was an mm-hmm. athlete. He comes from Illinois. He was like the Illinois Gatorade Player of the Year. He was um, he played like every position, like linebacker and like cornerback, which didn't make sense because this dude's like six foot two, two forty. And on paper, he compares so well to Braylon Allen. It's just kind of weird. Obviously, he goes to Illinois though. I think they have a weak running back room josh mcgray came back from injury he was really inefficient as a runner he's obviously gonna be another year removed from injury so he might be okay from then but just the reports out of spring talking about how keen fegan's just a sponge of information and like constantly learning and rotating in um when the coaches said that he's a really good athlete good size strong really good kid it's important to him he has all the intangibles He's going to be a really good player for us just how he goes about his daily routine just the kind of kid you want to coach Every single day, every single practice, he's making jumps. I've been pleased where he's at. He had a lot of success this camp, and we're looking forward to continuing it. So, Caden Fegan has just been impressing coaches nonstop. There's also, I think, a quote. I hope I'm not lying about this. I thought I saw a quote too somewhere about them talking about rotating him through the starting lineup. So, again, maybe a handful of touches to start off, but I think he could end up being the RB1 for this room and make a massive jump in like ADP data for us. I do know though that he's getting drafted already between rounds like 15 and 20. I got him in round 22 in our league of record draft and that was the cheapest I've seen him go. So I was pretty pumped about that. But I think this is a guy that you could see get like drafted top 10 rounds next year. Yeah, to me, this this is like a big swing guy to me. Like, I want to take my swing on this guy, but I think that I fully ex- I, I fully accept that there is a floor here that might be zero. You know, got yeah. coming from a little yeah. bit of a lower end of competition, like doesn't have a receiving background as well. And, you know, maybe eventually just you can't be the same type of athlete you are at this level. But at the same time, you got a guy that's like almost 240 pounds, you know, runs like over 22 miles per hour. Like, you just want to bet on those traits and see what happens. And Illinois does have a pretty like unsettled depth chart. You know, I think Josh McCray looked really good as a true freshman last year. He didn't look good at all. But again, like you were saying, the injury and stuff like that, we'll see how that kind of shakes out. He fits the archetype, obviously, that they're kind of looking there if you're looking at Josh McCray and comparing the two of them. So um, we'll see if he can kind of get on the year on, on yeah. the field here in year one, but um, he'll be an interesting guy to watch for sure. Uh, his, his miles per hour is actually 21, but he does have a 34 inch vert though for 240 pounds. I just want to say that. Well, which isn't too bad. Yeah. Um, should just let's stay at 22, man. Come on. Let's build the hype. Let's build the hype. <laughs> the, the, the legend. <laughs> um, 
a rarity here because I got one more guy here to talk to you guys about about an under under the radar guy. I'm sticking with Illinois, which is you know just I can't believe we're talking about two Illinois guys. <laughs> um, but I'm talking about Malik Elzey, a wide receiver over there who I've been reading a lot about recently. Um, you know, six to two hundred and ten pounds. This is the highest wide receiver commit they've had since two thousand seven. Um, he's been turning heads at camp apparently with, um, you know, he, he has a, this very imposing size. Um, a lot of quotes, like he's the real deal. The arrow is pointing up. This guy could be a starter in year one. He's already locked up a spot on the two deep. And I wouldn't be surprised if he pushes for that starting spot sooner than later. Um, in a room that doesn't have much outside of Isaiah Williams, who is le- who, who isn't really a traditional wide receiver like LZ kind of is. And, you know, Williams was even quoted saying LZ is one of the most physical freshman wide receivers I've ever seen like as a, to come in this physical as a wide receiver or as a freshman is already standing out to him so I, I do wonder if the top speed is a bit of a question our recruiting team had him at 20.3 so at least he does break that 20 miles per hour threshold that I've been loving this whole show <laughs> so he is a little bit above there but um Brian or 247 sports kind of compares him to Brian Edwards which I think kind of gives a good feel about who this guy kind of is he's kind of like a bigger possession uh physical guy uh, at least at this point of his career um but you know maybe altmeyer is going to bring some stability to the passing game you know maybe help balance out that run game who that's in kind of a transition after chase brown as well so i don't know how well that run game is going to be maybe you're going to throw more and malik elsey sounds like he's going to be um a guy that could be in in major rotation in year one so Corey did two guys for his uh, call your shy. I only really gave one to start off. I just want to give a quick mention because I couldn't find any buzz about this guy. But Jalen Smith, Michigan State wide receiver, three star guy, a little bit late buzz because um, he just wasn't a full time wide receiver. He comes from the same high school as Matthew Golden, so that's Klein Kane High School out of Texas. He has some really good movement ability. Has NFL size. Has NFL level athleticism. We think he. Has a lot going for him, and overall, I think he's underrated. Uh, I think he's a three-star guy. And Michigan State has just been—I don't want to say they're a sinking ship. They're not, but they're like they're—they're they're right about there to being a sinking ship. So it's another story of opportunity. Their varsity one is like what Antonio Gates Jr. Uh, bloodlines, but no one really cares about bloodlines unless it's Marvin Harrison Jr. But Antonio Gates Jr. is there. There's not a lot of special receivers there, so I think. Jalen Smith can get on the field early. The only real stuff I can find was like film of him catching balls from Noah Kim. So at least I know he's catching balls from Noah Kim, which is slated to be their starter, but it was mostly just practice stuff. So don't, don't hold too much weight into that. But Jalen Smith is my other shooting from deep type of guy here. On the flip side though, we have to go over and just name one guy that's getting overhyped or just, you know, he's a little out of place for top 20 for us. And I, I'm going to start off here and just say who I think is going to be a a, a flop, I guess. The community is just too high on. And it's this is low-hanging fruit. But but it's Hakeem Williams. Uh, Duke came in as a as a freak athlete on paper, but he just showed up. dangling those low fruits. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I whiffed so hard last year. I feel like I need the confidence boost. For this year, so. Fair enough. Um, I, have, I had my whiff right last year, though. My whiff last year was, uh, I think, C.J. Williams I had as a flop. So yeah, you that did. Right. Yeah, that was good, yeah. All right. Anyway, Hakeem Williams, uh, six foot three, two hundred. Kid's supposed to be like an athlete compared to like Julio Jones. Shows up to camp uh, like out of weight. Uh, just was struggling to get concepts. The other freshman there, Vandrius Jacobs, is getting all the hype. Uh, there's also like some random metrics that our recruiting team comes up with. Like they just they're just unbeaten though. And one of them is that no wide receiver over the age of nineteen at National Signing Day has been like relevant the last like 
insane amount of years. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, how many guys really is that? Uh, the number one guy, like the poster child for that, is Julian Fleming, the wide receiver one from like three years ago. Uh, so Hakeem Williams is in that mold. He's he's an old recruit. He comes in at 19 at wide receiver. He's already struggling at camp. I think he's just going to be a big zero. Uh, they already have a bunch of guys that are big and straight line and not like route runners. I don't think he even touches the field because he's got to fight. He's got to fight Johnny Wilson for that role. He's got to fight Keon Coleman for that role. So I, I think there's already guys in front of him to take that role as well. So I think Hakeem Williams will be um, borderline undraftable next season. Yeah, he's like, yeah, and he's competing with a bunch of guys that have the exact same role. This isn't a guy like, you know, Austin likes to talk about is bringing something unique to this to this wide receiver room to help him get on the field in year one. No, he's not. He's essentially the same, except he's like 100 times more raw and even like worse. So, so right now, so I mean, even the camp has been, you know, Ventrevious Jacobs, that could have been a potential guy that we talked about as well as a guy, yeah, who, yeah, a sleeper that we should be looking out for as well. Re- really low rank guy that our, our recruiting team loved as well. So a guy that you guys should really be keeping an eye on there as well at FSU. That's that's pretty cheap. I'm going to be a little bit spicier. I, I kind of... I wanted to, I don't know about hot take, but I want to try to pick someone out of the top that would, that maybe we're overvaluing right right now that we'll see a drop in value next year that we can get cheaper next year. Okay. And this player, it's more about the situation, the player here. And I'm going to talk about jury and Dickey going over to Oregon. Okay. Still a top five wide receiver talent for me in this class. So I really hope that I'm wrong here, but I'm, I'm worried about how much he's going to get on the field in year one. Um, Especially, you know, as we, as we prescribe to the year one zero theory around here, you know, you might look at this room and, and, and think there's a lot of opportunity here, but you got guys like uh, Chris Hudson, who is a, a fine Jag receiver, but enough to stay on the field. Trayshawn Holden from Alabama, XL Alabama receiver, Gary Bryant Jr. A guy that had a lot of excitement there from USC, Tez Johnson. I mean, all these guys are very capable veterans. And even when you look at like a projected depth chart right now, like, he barely cracks the top six guys, top seven guys. Like I don't, I don't see a path really for him to be getting on the field f- in year one. And the buzz has been like insanely quiet around him. Like, I'm not sure if he spent time injured. I think there was something if I remember correctly, I'm not remembering right now. Um, but I, 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 there's just been no buzz about him at all right now. So I still, there might be an Avenue here still, if Oregon is in a lot of blow games, they want to get their young guys in at uh, like the end of the game. But I really think there's a possibility here that Jerry on Dickey comes in a lot cheaper next year, which is why, you know, you might, you could kind of avoid him this year at the high price that he's at. And I think that he could come in a lot cheaper next year because I don't think he's going to flash the potential that we're going to hope for um, in year one here with, with Oregon, with this wide receiver depth chart. So uh, Jerry on Dickey's the kind of guy, the guy that I think is going to fall in value heading into next year. That's hot. That's hot. I thought about that. I really did, dude. I thought about that name. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a crowded chart. It's a crowded room, at least. That's really the only reason that I'm kind of worried about. I still really love him as a player. This isn't an I hate Jerry and Dickey thing. This is just like I'm worried about that year one zero threshold. All right, guys, that wraps up our show for tonight. Um, just remember, if you want to go zero to hero for this weekend, buy your family seven shirts from Homefield Advantage. Get one free with the promo code Campus to Ken. That's 15% off. That's 15%. That's 15%. Don't, don't think it's actually seven for one. It's 15% off your first time purchase at Home Field Apparel with the promo code CAMPUS, the number two can. The guys right now, as we're recording, are already talking about some Hokies bomber that's dropping tomorrow. They're all hyped about. Uh, I, mean, I mean, who can get excited about Virginia Tech football right now? But anyway, check out CAMPUS to Ken uh, from Corey and from Mike. Good night and good luck. 